1: Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cush, and I am a therapist in Annapolis, Maryland, where I am doing all online therapy right now. But very soon, my business will be expanding into coaching, which I'm excited to be able to reach more people and work with people across the country, maybe across the world, who knows. Uh, But if you'd like more information or would like to be kept up to date about that or the podcast or all of it, you can sign up for my newsletter. If you go to progressioncounseling.com forward slash Elizabeth's dash newsletter, You can get signed up for that and you'll get a free meditation guide as well as a guide for mindfulness in everyday life, all for free. You'll also get updates on the podcast and my business. So there you go. And some free little mindfulness resources twice a month. So that's where you find that. Today, my guest is Michelle Dixon. We had recorded an episode probably three months ago. And um, the sound quality was pretty terrible. And Michelle was so kind to come back and re-record the episode. So I'm very excited to share this. We are talking about pre-verbal and developmental trauma and how to heal and how to recognize it. So Michelle is located in Australia, which was also kind of fun and exciting to be talking to somebody halfway across the world. So I so appreciate her coming back on and re-recording this amazing episode. Michelle is going to share her expertise, but also share a free resource that she is offering to all the listeners and all the people who follow her on social media. So Michelle Dixon is a trauma specialist and mindfulness coach, originally from Atlanta, Georgia, and now based in Sydney, Australia. She began her practitioner career as a body worker with several different modalities in her toolkit, and then gained qualifications in hypnotherapy and went on to facilitate more than 30 workshops in emotional healing. She believes in a holistic approach to trauma recovery, which includes releasing trauma from the body, rewiring the mind, and realigning with wholeness. I really enjoyed this conversation with Michelle, so let's get started. Hi, Michelle, and welcome to... The Woman Warriors podcast, I should say welcome back since we already had this conversation <laughs> once and it didn't work out so well, but the audience <laughs> didn't get to hear that. So welcome to the Woman Warriors podcast. Thank you,
0: Elizabeth. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, I really appreciate your doing this again. I know that, you know, we're so, we're continents away and, you know, making a commitment to come back on the podcast, it feels big to me. So I appreciate it.
0: Oh, well, thanks for having me. I It's, um yeah, it should be an interesting conversation because it's been a while since the last one. So we'll see what happens.
1: It ha- <laughs> yes, it has. I, I know, well, here in the U.S., lots has changed. Indeed. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but talk to me a little bit about what's happening in your world, but also giving the audience, the listeners, a little bit of info about you, the work you do, and why you do that work.
0: Yeah, well, my goodness. Well, I'm in Australia, although I grew up in Atlanta. So my family is in Atlanta, um, lots of family and friends and clients Mm. in the States. Um, But I've been in Australia for the past 20 years, actually. And I am a trauma specialist and mindfulness coach. And I really got my start in bodywork. So that was the introduction I had to this therapeutic world. And Um, it it was a very um, unexpected introduction. I I actually did a PhD in economics and lived Mm -hmm. in a settlement camp and studied um, poverty and intergenerational trauma and a social movement in the 90s and then had a whole kind of, um, you know, life crisis, I suppose you could say, when my Mm -hmm. marriage ended and uh, I retrained. I retrained as a practitioner and I went to body work only because um, I was invited to do a it was a de-armoring workshop. And I found, de-armoring is a form of body work. I can tell you more about that in a minute, but Mm -hmm. I found when I was receiving it that I was without speaking, you know, it was not talk therapy, it was directly connecting with the body. I was having emotions and memories of childhood stuff that I hadn't remembered that just was really present and then felt like it released. And that really began my journey. I got a lot of healing out of that. I trained in that method. But then I went on and trained in a bunch of other more conventional um, mm-hmm. bodywork modalities, as well as hypnotherapy coaching and things like that.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, I feel as if, and I'm very grateful that this is the case, but um it seems like the bodywork and trauma has really just i don't know if it's exploded, but it's becoming more. A part of the treatment and or of the process, the the healing, I should say. Um, and that feels really important.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. You know, I, there's a lot of good research about how when you incorporate the somatic, asomatic approach to therapy, somatic meaning of the body, the outcomes are much better, even just to the extent of becoming aware of how your body is feeling and experiencing reality. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, that that it hasn't been the case that we've
1: included it. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's a little—it's a little head scratching, right? It's you're yeah. like, why not? But I—I yeah. I would say personally, the—the—the the, the level of healing for me has changed when I've incorporated body work, and that's yeah. <clears throat> been really truly eye opening. But it also has helped me in terms of my therapy practice, helping clients too. Yeah.
0: It's, it's amazing. And we, we need everything, you know, we, we need, we need to have the body, but we also need to be able to articulate our feelings and emotions and look at our thought processes. So it's all, it's all really useful, but yeah, we absolutely need to have that piece, that Mm -hmm. piece of it, the body. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, you know, today I'd love to focus the conversation around, Pre-verbal and developmental trauma, and because that feels that because we're talking about body work, I would imagine that that's incredibly important there, since maybe there there isn't there aren't words to describe what. Happened, you know. I mean, if if it's pre-verbal, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, pre-verbal trauma, of course, is trauma which happens before you're able to really remember it, much less articulate it through your words. That's the verbal part, mm-hmm. and it's very common, even it's not just things like abuse, physical harm. It's also um, neglect. It's also abandonment. It's having a caregiver disappear. Mm -hmm. It's having, you know, having your cries ignored on a regular basis. We know so much about what that early trauma does to the brain, Mm -hmm. to the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And then developmental trauma, you know, you may remember it or not, but, you know, it happens when you're still developing, you know, during your child years. And In my journey, I think what's because I started out in body work, I saw so much release um, without necessarily that cognition. So people would have experiences of fragments of emotion and memory, and they would feel a shift, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to say... You know, this is what happened, or to to make sense of it. And yet, there was healing, nonetheless. And it's interesting in my journey what I've what I've also found out. You know, as I as I went on, but later, you know, that the therapeutic world is really it's it's really had a basis in talk therapy and that verbal communication mm-hmm. since the psychoanalysts, you know, last century with Freud and Jung. Like the tradition of talk therapy has really um, influenced to a huge extent how we understand healing. And I even participated in some professional workshops in a 12-step program and in a psychiatric hospital. And it was really fascinating to me how you know, the, the dialogue was always centered on memory, what you remember. And mm-hmm. the people who got something out of those programs, they had incidences incidents in their life that they could point to and say, this happened to me but some of the clients i've had who've not been successful in those treatment programs they haven't been successful because they couldn't contribute they didn't have anything they remembered and they would walk away going well it wasn't for me it didn't work maybe there's something wrong with me because i these people had terrible lives but i mine wasn't so bad and it's because they didn't remember what happened so you know it's very possible not to be served by some you know, some forms of therapy, if that's if that's what you're really grappling with is that preverbal developmental trauma where you don't necessarily remember it. and that's where the body really comes into play
1: mm, absolutely. And when you're uh, working with clients who potentially have had either preverbal or developmental trauma, what are some signs for you that you're recognizing, okay, maybe there's more here that, it can't be verbalized or that isn't remembered. How are you picking up on that?
0: The first thing I notice as a body worker would be what I call armoring or um muscle tightness in different parts of the body that can't be explained through injury, illness, um, etc. That when you touch them, they're they're very um contracted and very sensitive to pain, and you know, and often there's like an emotion that comes out when you when you you know physically engage with that part, like under the ribs, abdominal area, hips, whatever it is. Like as a body worker, that's that's one of the first things I would notice. But if um if someone were to come to me and we weren't doing body work yet, or we were exploring other modalities, and they were just feeling this nameless sense of Disease with life. Like there's something wrong. I don't know what it is. Often it's when there's a sense of worthlessness. Like maybe I like when you, it's not something that would come out immediately because people don't usually say, well, actually I feel like maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not worthy of being here on this right. planet, right. but often you can get to that. And that core belief is usually a direct result of pre-verbal trauma because when something happens to you and you are not able to articulate it, Because you're not in the verbal stage of development, you're in a survival stage. You know, like human infants are incredibly helpless, the most helpless of all mammals. We require constant caretaking and touch and so on. And Our whole system at that stage is really geared towards survival and we're learning what emotional connections, we're learning attachment through our caregivers, but because we are not at a later stage of development, we're not really interpreting the environment with our logical brain. Anything that happens then triggers our sense of, well, I'm not safe in this world, so maybe I shouldn't be here. And and, and over time, there develops this belief of maybe I'm not worthy of being here. Mm -hmm. So that's a real that's a real giveaway.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have been in a trauma consultation group with another, a couple of therapists for a while. And one of the things we've been talking about is that sense of like in adulthood too, saying th- the sense that it's, yeah, I, it's not worth living versus yes. I want to kill myself. It's like, if I could just take myself away Yes. then maybe things would be better. Like that to me really resonates around this too.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's, you know, they call it suicidal ideation, right? This mm-hmm. this constant desire for not being alive that, that doesn't seem to connect to anything in their life. You're, you can have people who say that and you're like, but like, they're all these like amazing things, but there's this like pervasive feeling of I just...
1: Mm-hmm. you know,
0: don't want to be here. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Or something that resurfaces yeah. when things are difficult, but it's not like active, like I'm going to go now and do this thing. It's just this felt sense of like, yeah. maybe things would be better if I wasn't here. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Very mm. true. Yeah. And, um, so you, at the very beginning you talked about uh de-armoring that sounds really intriguing i'd like to know more about that <laughs> yeah. and how that might help with yeah just what we're talking about
0: so de-armoring is often called tantric de-armoring or shamanic de-armoring and it's a very unusual modality it's a it's a lineage tradition so it's not like an incorporated program that you do that's, you know, through a, a, a body, it's you have a teacher who has a teacher who has a teacher. And it really, it kind of originated through um, Wilhelm Reich's work. He was a psychoanalyst in the 30s, a very controversial figure, a very interesting figure. But one of the many things he did was discover that if he was doing psycho psychoanalytic work with a client, and he touched certain parts of their body, they would have a a reaction that seemed to be a release of emotion and he he coined this word de but really it's been around in first people's traditions and Native American traditions for eons and so mm. my teacher came from one more Native American tradition he had a teacher and it's it's very it combines deep acupressure points with mm-hmm. a bit of energy work like Reiki not not Reiki, but a similar energy work, and it's so so a client would lie on the table on their back and they would receive touch on the front of their body in key points, which actually correspond to a lot of what we know from acupressure from traditional Chinese medicine, so we would work with the rib cage, you know as I mentioned before, the hips, the mm-hmm. middle area, the zoas po- points around the face, and so on, and um, it can be a very shocking way to release because it's often painful for the client when they have a lot of stuff they're holding. Hmm. If, and I always know if someone doesn't have a lot of stuff they're holding because you can just dig your hands right in under a, under a rib cage or something and they don't, and it's like nothing, you know?
1: Hmm.
0: And I know in my journey, when I started out, I would just be crying it would be incredible. But then over time, you know, there isn't anything you can really do now to (laughs) that, to those points in my body that, that, that elicit any kind of reaction. It's a very powerful, very um, alternative practice, and yeah. Yeah. what I did with it was—I mean, I, I had an incredible teacher who was, a, you know, a body worker trained in many different traditions. But I didn't feel that I could understand. I was understanding necessarily what was happening. It was very much a practice that you learn and you do, and you know, you have to be in that intuitive space and that connected space, but you know, with my academic background, I I wanted to understand it. So I went on and I did qualifications in my facial release, um, which is part of the osteopathic tradition, Mm -hmm. cranial sacral therapy, and what I learned, and then I went on to do biodynamic cranial touch, which is, this is all part of the osteopathic tradition. And I learned Very interesting that that in these other traditions they had a similar phenomenon that happened when people had emotional release through body work, and in that tradition they call it unwinding, Hmm. and it's very similar to what happens in dearmoring. So what I got from that is that you know to some extent the body responds as the body responds regardless of what tradition we bring to it, and the key is really having a practitioner who's done enough body work that they can be aware and be present and facilitate an emotional outcome Mm -hmm. because it's not about that physical adjustment, you know, the physical Mm -hmm. fixing Mm -hmm. of things that are not in alignment. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really about allowing, holding
1: space for the emotional release. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how, much, uh, energy is held, especially traumatic energy is held in our bodies. Yeah. Um, yeah, that just kind of blows my mind and that it can be released, which is amazing. That just, so it's kind of exciting to me too.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, you probably know all about Peter Levine and his work somatic experiencing, which is another, yeah really interesting i mean there are other things as well like tre trauma release Mm -hmm. i always forget if it's experience or trauma rate tre you know another form of um where you where you create a shaking response in your in your legs and that also can reset the nervous system that was invented you know for uh, ptsd Mm -hmm. for for veterans basically who came back from wars who are experiencing ptsd there are a lot of amazing traditions and you know it's um Yeah, when you when you bring your attention to the body, it can be be pretty, pretty magical because people because a lot of people don't they're not ready to talk or they don't want to talk or they don't remember stuff that's happened, but they know that there's something that needs to come out. They know that there's something not right.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and and I was just going to start to interrupt you, but I I was going to say too, we're especially Western culture so geared toward disconnecting from our body and not tuning in and not paying attention to what those body cues are, that uh, it's easy not to really know what's happening, even when it's happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah we are so disconnected, yeah and it's only increasing, I mean, though, as you mm-hmm. say, I was gonna say it's increasing because you know we all have devices, and technology has become a huge distraction, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there is more and more awareness of the importance of body based therapies and in using them you know in conjunction with psychotherapy
1: or yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah I, such i i do I am hopeful that that will continue to be the trend. Um, um, so, uh, so if clients are coming to you, you know, saying they're not quite, they're not feeling as if, uh, like there's some flaw within them, there's something the wrong, wrong inside. And so you're kind of picking up, maybe there's more going on developmentally or, you know, pre-verbal that had happened to them in their life. So how are you, finding ways to approach this with them, and then, you know, bring about healing. Because I would imagine too, sometimes people are like, yeah, yeah, my childhood was great. There's nothing, there wasn't anything there. I don't, I don't need to go there. (laughs) <laughs> I hear that all the time. I'm sure you hear that too, Elizabeth. I do. I do. It's, it's oh.
0: great. And then they start talking and you're like, hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> you, right. You should look exactly. at that. I had this nanny <laughs> yeah. that never picked me up and yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was the youngest child in a family of 12 and we lived on a farm and it was great. It was awesome. And I'm thinking, how much time does a parent have for child number 12 on a farm?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. How much, right. How much attention were you getting? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, as you know, the window is always in the present moment. This is Mm -hmm. the people always come to see a practitioner because there's something they're grappling with right now. And that right now moment is the window to all of the other moments that connect to the feeling that you have, you know, Mm -hmm. emotion. And of course they come because there's something emotionally not right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Emotion is so embedded in memories and the connectivity of all of our memories and how they're all they create this tapestry and then we make meaning of them so just someone coming and saying right now I'm not happy because of this thing that's happening with my boss and my and my job that could open a doorway to you know whatever else it is it could open a doorway even to pre-verbal trauma because there's something in there that they can't quite articulate they're having a body reaction that doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. and so you know we just start with we start with just exploring that verbally and then you know then of course if if I'm in person because I do a lot of zoom calls as well but if I'm in person sometimes then body work is appropriate but we always start with you know with right now Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: take it take it from there really
1: Yeah. Well, and speaking of, of zoom, you know, we're doing this conversation obviously because you're in Australia over zoom. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Are you finding it um, just as effective? Cause it sounds like you've been doing, you know, you've been seeing clients from around the world already is, is body work. Are you, are you able to be as effective with some of the body stuff yeah, zoom
0: well it's 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 a it's funny because you know people when I when I do when I do a zoom call there's always a lot of that somatic work that body-based awareness and in in a lot of different ways from feeling and sensing to can we try moving this energy can you put your hand here you know it's it, it can be that mm-hmm. and my clients on zoom because they're often international they don't know what it's like to do body work with me so they seem quite happy. Like no one's ever said, oh, if only I could do body work because they don't know their experience of me is that. However, my clients in Sydney, if, if they have had body work with me, they are happy to do one or two talk sessions, but they always go, oh, I want to <laughs> see you again in the clinic. So
1: <laughs> yeah. So,
0: yeah. So I think it's just as effective, but people often, they do crave that. They, they do crave the touch and that engagement with the body and that that freedom of not speaking and just receiving and experiencing.
1: Yeah. I have... Gone to a cranial sacral therapist a couple of times, and yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, just the touch, and and yeah, not having to say anything, or if I feel like saying something, I can, but how powerful it is, and how much I mean, and for me, like just feeling the energy is just it's crazy. Like, I, yeah,
0: it is, and I, I really think that we need both, you know, that's, I guess, part of my whole approach and philosophy and when I have clients who I just see on zoom call there's always a point at which I say I really recommend that you seek this specific form of body work because of what you're communicating to me and what I'm seeing with you I feel that this this particular form might be really helpful for you and Mm. you know I, I suggest that they do that as well because it's you know we need to have yeah You know, we often need to have a balance because then something will happen, you know, in a bodywork session. And, you know, not everyone who's trained in bodywork is also trained in that talk therapy. You know, I wasn't initially, I had to go out and seek it. I had to go do training and coaching and mindfulness and working with clients and hypnotherapy. You know, when you're trained in bodywork, you're often just trying to work with the body. And I know as a client that can be frustrating because you've just had this massive experience (laughs) and you're like, but, 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 and the practitioner's like, um, yeah. Okay. So that's normal. <laughs> you know, like, but I want to talk about it. This was profound. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yes. No, I I agree. I think it's it's yes. All the body work. You know, I've been doing more as I've approached older age. Whatever. I'm. 60 uh it it enhances my therapy (laughs) sessions for sure like for myself yeah therapy just being able to process what happened what came up for me and how I see it relating to yeah my trauma yeah I do I do do trauma yeah Mm. so uh Hmm. So how how you know talking about that so much is on Zoom now. How are things before we go to resources? I just want to check in and say how are things there in Australia with the coronavirus and just life? How are how are things there?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's much better in Australia and I and I know this of course because my family's in Atlanta and mm. I have many friends across the states and you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a much different vibe here. I'm I'm not in Victoria. So Victoria is another state here and they had much stricter lockdown in many more cases. I'm in New South Wales, which mm-hmm. is where Sydney is, you know, the Olympic Sydney. And it's, it hasn't been too bad. I mean, everyone's wearing masks out, out in public, but we've had very, very low numbers. Our schools were only out for three months. So mm-hmm. the school went back a few months ago. You could almost not notice it. <laughs> wow. You could almost not notice it. Yeah.
1: Wow so different from here. Yeah. I mean, the
0: (laughs) the economy has been, you know, in shambles, but there's more government support. So a lot of people are getting extra monthly payments. Mm -hmm. It's a a different, it's a different world. So yeah, it's definitely, yeah. And Mm. I know that people are much, are suffering a lot more in the States at various levels. And, yeah. you know, and I see that in my clients, you know, people are experiencing, I just made a, a video on Instagram about it, or IGTV on Instagram about it. People are experiencing more, you know, depression and hopelessness and more emotional stuff is coming up that, that maybe they had thought that, they were done with, you know, and I think mm-hmm. because I agree everyone's at everyone's at home and we're out of our routine, we, all of our strategies, you know, everyone has a strategy for not maybe um, looking at stuff that happened in the past or not dealing with d- just just uncomfortable emotional stuff. Like all of our strategies kind of have fallen away in this new lifestyle that we're all leading with isolation and fear and so on and so mm-hmm. old stuff is coming up. And yes. so now what I'm seeing in people is like is this new stuff or is this old stuff?
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Or it's, yeah. it's, yeah, new stuff that feels like old stuff because yeah. the old, old memories, the old body yeah. stuff is coming up for sure. Yeah. Mm. So, if there were resources, if people wanted to know more about either, um, you know, developmental slash preverbal trauma or just body work in general, what, what resources would you recommend?
0: Well, I mean the the best book to kind of understand, and I think is the the Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. If I'm mm-hmm. saying his name correctly, you, you know are, that that yeah. really, yeah, that's that's really the best way to understand like what's happening in the body when trauma happens and how your body just keeps the score. You know, remembers.
1: Yeah. If you're
0: looking for if you're looking for a way of Uncovering that, you know, if you're already seeing a therapist, they locally they might know some some other body based modalities locally that you can see in conjunction with whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. The things that I recommend, you know, they're various. It really depends on what's happening. I've been meaning to put together a list of like a different body work modalities and and what specifically they're good for because they they're all they all have different strengths and different relevance, you know. But T R E is a good one. I think just in general, if you just want to see if there's what's there in your nervous system and discharge it, if you have a specific um, something that happened to you and you're still really unable to get that out of your mind, um, somatic experiencing is good, but that does require that you have a memory that you're working with very often, you right, know, um, right. different, different kinds of body work, like um, biodynamic cranial touch from the osteopathic school. Mm-hmm. And even cr- craniosacral therapy and myofacial release, if you look for, if you, if you Google um Im- body work for emotional release, you are you're likely to find something. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully something locally. I've done that for my clients when I couldn't, when I, you know, when they were somewhere I didn't know, you know, and I'd say, Google that and tell me what comes up right (laughs) because because like I I've sent people to see this you know a woman um in another state here who does my facial release now my facial release is a great body work for physical therapy you know a lot of even she this woman even has worked in for sports teams and Mm. done that you know to help it's very very gentle but it also has a huge emotional component but not all practitioners specialize in that not everyone's comfortable with that so but i found someone who does my facial release but she focuses on the emotional side of it
1: wow that's so yeah 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 so just really doing a a local search for yourself around what might be appropriate and then if you have a therapist checking in with them to make sure it's the right thing for you yeah
0: yeah they often will know as well um they will know yes uh, you know yeah they'll know they'll know the good people that yeah they should
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, they don't know always, yeah, no, but hopefully, yeah. yes, because I have a, yeah, a group of women that I can recommend or men to, but recommend exactly. people to, yeah, that that will specialize in certain things that feel appropriate. Well, fantastic, yeah, 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 so uh, Michelle, how do people find you? Is there anything happening in your business that you want to share with the listeners?
0: You can find me just at my website, which is just micheldixon.com, Michelle Dixon.com. I'm sure there'll be a link somewhere in the notes. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, on I'm on Instagram a lot. I'm just Michelle Dixon Healer on Instagram, but I am running a free emotional detox starting from the end of November, early December. And it's, it's a completely free. It's a little mini course that you can get even on your phone. There's an app for it, and it's just about how to emotionally detox, how to get emotion and memory, clear out your body as much as you can and learn how to create boundaries around toxic people, you know, celebrate the holidays the way you want to celebrate them. And it's specifically during the holiday period, it'll be running in a private Facebook group through December to support people through the holidays. Because, you know, when you've had emotional crisis or trauma, the holidays can be very triggering
1: hmm for sure so,
0: cool you know it's a it's a resource for people and you can just find it if you just go to my website you'll see you'll see links on the front page for joining that
1: fantastic yeah well, well i i will include all the resources in the show notes and uh i just so appreciate your taking the time to talk to me again and share your uh wisdom with the listeners
0: Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. It's been um, a really good conversation, actually. It's been different from last time. It's been good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's the great thing because then, yeah, you know, it's, it's just a, new, a whole new conversation. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Michelle. I feel as if, um, for me, bodywork has been incredibly important in my healing journey and has really shifted so much of the healing in in pretty big ways, but in the moment don't feel that big, which is an interesting way to put it. But just the energy shifts that can happen with body work are so important. And I know that I've talked here about my intuitive movement group, as well as craniosacral therapy. Um, I am Excited to explore Reiki at some point in the future when COVID isn't quite so terrible and intense. I hope you guys will check out Michelle's free resource. The Emotional Detox Program sounds like just the thing we need for the holidays. Well, I hope you all are staying safe. I hope that you, if you feel, if any of this information resonates for you, that sense of maybe things not feeling quite right, or you feeling flawed in some way, that you seek help. You explore what options are available for you, whether it's therapy or body work, but tuning into the body is such an important piece that even over the next week, over the holidays, be mindful of your body and what it wants to tell you. Again, if you want more resources, if you want to follow what's happening in the podcast and in my business, please sign up for the newsletter, progressioncounseling.com forward slash Elizabeth's newsletter. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Have wonderful holidays. Ciao for now from this woman warrior.
0: Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.